Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson, as usual. I'm here with my co-host, Jimmy O. Yang. Hi, Jimmy. Excited to be here, as always. And we have a special guest co-host, Matthew Broussard. Hi, Matt. Uh, I'm I'm a little less excited than him. But excited <laughs> to be here. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> and we we have a very special guest today. Uh, we're being joined by Lena Murchkova. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I knew I was going to say that wrong. Can you say it right for me again? Murchkova. All right, awesome. Um, Lena, you're a... Uh, uh, grad student here at uh, Caltech. Yes, I am. Right, and you're studying astrophysics, uh, galactic center. Thea- like theoretical astrophysics, though, right? No. Uh, like currently, I do kind of both. Okay, and uh, the ma- you know one of the reasons we, we usually tie this into entertainment. So the main reason that we invited you today is because you also uh, worked on the movie Interstellar with uh, Kip Thorne. <laughs> you impressed yes, Matt? Yes, sure, right? I did. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you did on there? Well, originally it started from uh, I keep looking for someone to fill the research notebooks for the Murph character, who was Jessica Chastain. For Murph played by um, Jessica, uh, Jessica Chastain, right. Chastain. Yeah. kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the grown-up Murph. Okay. So yeah. they asked me. Oh, you didn't do the little sketches for the for the the kid where she was like writing in stay oh. and stuff like that. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I, I did just grown up more. Yeah, she does grown up science, man. <laughs> no kitty science. Are you kidding? <laughs> so you, you wrote all the equations inside her notebook. So all the equations inside that notebook is all accurate. Uh, not the one she had as a kid, but the one she had as a grown up. Right. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness someone has that job because I'm so <laughs> sick of seeing whiteboards in movies where it's just like, she's a genius. And it's like, that's just like calculus like they're just doing basic level calculus there's so many movies yeah. used, uh what was the movie uh uh with uh scarlett johansson lucy oh, lucy, lucy. Yeah. did you see oh, the background yeah. whiteboard on the lucy yeah, poster the whole science on that was it'll really... make your skin crawl i'm glad that it's uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah that's why that movie's so great because it went into great lengths in everything right because yes. you were telling me uh kevin was telling me that the books are all on the bookshelf are all individually picked out and very detailed. Is that, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, yes, they, had, they had references. I think Elena knows more about mm, it. Than... I was there. Oh, yeah. were you the one kind of helping pick out the books? Uh, well, uh, no, I didn't pick up the books, but after they saw my notebook, I got an email saying, hey, we want you on set. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, how much it will cost us to get you on set? Like, you're kidding me, guys. I will work for you for free. <laughs> yeah, call my agent at Caltech. <laughs> Did you sneak any jokes in there? Is there like a copy of Catcher in the Rye? Next to uh, no, book? basically my job was to be a spare scientist on the set. Oh, okay. But then actually, I wanted to work for free, but Keep said, you're not working for free. <laughs> you yeah, are yeah, getting yeah. paid. <laughs> now, okay, so is there anything that you left? Because there's nobody monitoring you. You were the one that's in charge of the science in the books, right? So you could have just wrote something that didn't make sense. It would be like yeah. inside joke amongst the scientists. Did you do anything? I'll tell that? you something very sad. Books didn't make the cut. Oh, oh. That happens a lot. But I can tell you something it. which made the cut. If you've seen the movie, when you see her coding something on these pages, and then suddenly she gets very happy, run to the blackboard and write the equation. Uh, I had to come up with the equation. She so writes exactly what I taught her to write. So did you have to teach her to understand these equations? Uh, I had to teach her how to write equations. Oh, that's... <laughs> just, she just... Dead, 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 like no, they, well, the she's coding it, right? She don't have to understand the equations. She's just kind of... Oh, and suddenly she understands what the physics is, what her dad trying to tell her. And then she's writing so what are these equations that, that we're talking about here? Uh, it was a specific type of string theory. Actually, so I remember uh, when I first uh, when I first met you on Facebook. This is how it came up. I was discussing Interstellar with people because scientists liked arguing about it, 
And uh, one of the comments I made is I noticed one of the equations uh, had a D to the 11th on there. And I was horrified because it's very clear throughout the movie that they're they're talking. They're only working in five dimensions, and then you said, "No, no, no!" But that's a. Then you so told me so. D to the eleven means there's eleven dimensions in this particular in integral. That equation. Yeah, that's in the that equation. current string theory as eleven dimensions, or well, that that's what it said on the board. I don't. It's a supergravity. Okay. But you need the eleven dimensions. Uh, well, the idea was the previous theory. It's the theory which professors was trying to figure out, and what the real theory is, we don't know. So basically, keep very. He called me down. He said, "Like." Don't worry, you're not trying to write down the real equation of gravity. <laughs> it's uh, just something which is leading her on the way to get the real, real one. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of uh, to hit. But as far as I understand now, public understand it's that equation. Wow. So but the, what's awesome about that is that Kip's never really been a string theorist person at all. He's never been particularly good at it, or good uh, in favor of it. I shouldn't say good at it. but um, it, So for me, when I was watching this movie, and it kept saying... That it was, you know, he, they always kept saying five dimensions. I thought that was sort of Kip's uh, deliberate snub at string theory. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, not really. It's, uh, snub is too harsh? It's too harsh. Okay. I think <laughs> it's a more generalized ver- version of four dimensions when you still allow to have those uh, weird five-dimensional creatures about yeah. whom they talk actually in the movie. Yeah, that was just five dimensions is just simple enough for the audience to understand that they're one dimension above us, right? Well, but I think Kip really likes five dimensions too. Five. Yeah, personally, number. so yeah. he made it a point to do that in the movie, and then that's you what saw I got out of it. But it's your favorite dimension. 11 dimension. My favorite dimension, like number of dimensions. Oh, which dimension? <laughs> oh, which one? <laughs> just like the north second, or south. The second. One. <laughs> the second. One. I like. I like depth. Depth yeah. is a good one. Depth is great. I own north. Three. I like the north dimension. <laughs> I own a 3D television. I have to say, the third one is my favorite. Uh-huh. Is that the ba- is that kind of the basis of string? Th- I know it's probably like much a complicated answer for my for my brain, but the idea that gravity is so so weak because it's spreading into more than just the three dimensions we know. That is actually seeping into many other dimensions, and that's why it's so much weaker than strong force, weak force, and uh, well, that's, magnetism. That's one explanation. I wouldn't uh, say that's everything to string theory, though. Not everything to string theory, but that's why string theory. Teach us string theory. Explanation of why gravity is so weaker. And then one hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because th- no. uh, gravity steals one over r square, and one over r square requires for uh, three special dimensions. Oh yeah, right. uh, yeah, and he mentions that in uh, Kip's so book, sorry, sphere, yeah. also about how the other dimension can't be particularly big if you have extra. That's one of the, f- the problems. Well, the idea is you wanted to m- make like our four-dimensional manifold, take it and fold it, so you can have a wormhole from one side right. to another. You mm-hmm. can't fold. You needed five dimensions. You needed this five dimension for five dimensional creatures which didn't make it to the movie. But uh. they were mentioned in the script. I can, I can say that I feel very sympathetic with you that your book was not was cut out of the movie because I did the equations in the book for Thor. And it was the notebook that um, Natalie Portman carries around, and they go. It looks like it's central to the movie, right? Like they go and they're trying to capture it back from mm-hmm. uh, from Shield and everything. And I went through all this work. I had to do five copies of it. I had many, many pages. I had like it was all very specifically related to detecting dark matter, which was like the behind the scenes thing. And then in the movie, they end up showing Chris Hemsworth opens it up and he draws this picture of this stupid looking tree that's supposed <laughs> to represent the, like. <laughs> you know different parts of asgard and it was just like there was so much other cool stuff in there and they just took it all out and replaced it with like a kindergarten drawing that, that's so a, a very interesting job about that one the movie science consulting how did you guys get into because i know me and matt were just talking about us actors we had to like audition and things like that it's like yeah. a grueling and terrible process Not did fun. you guys have to audition like well with your notebooks we have and to stuff? audition for like the 18 years of our lives that we study <laughs> science for I instead of having headshots just like pictures of like their handwriting and yeah like fancy is, that, is that what it is because like what made like say thor hire you instead of oh that was person? that's a great story the, yeah. there was just desire actually because i was the only person to respond to the email really yeah Seriously? because yes because they didn't say it was marvel or that it was thor they said it was this really small production company that wanted some help with no detail of what movie it was or who was going to be in it and uh, they sent it to all the, the grad students, and I like doing anything related to Hollywood, as you can 
you can tell. Yeah. And so I was like, hell yeah, I want to do that. And then when I talked to them, I was like, wait, so who's this? You know, they told me who they were thinking this character is probably going to be an astrophysicist. And I was like, so who's playing? They're like, oh, Natalie Portman. I was like, holy shit. So was that your first movie that you consulted on? No, I had consulted on previous ones too. Okay, now. So, so I had a little bit of experience. That probably helped too. But I was thinking that that was why they picked me because like, I responded like, oh, I've done this before and, you know, right. I love doing this. But then eventually I was like, so what made you pick me? And they're like, because uh, you're the only person to respond. They Didn't like you? cutting <laughs> your jib. Yeah. Didn't you also I mean, grow up in Asgard? <laughs> yeah. Anaheim. Yeah. I've been to Anaheim a lot as a oh, kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, with that, do you guys have an agent? Like, if you want to keep doing that, say you want to just <laughs> we don't contact, yet. you just become a Hollywood We're, scientist. I would like to keep doing this, but... Yeah. I'm Does it pay pretty well? I got to ask. Uh, um, Thor did, kind of. I wouldn't say pretty good. I mean, yeah, is it was it, good. Is there a scale? There's a union minimum for science. No, uh, there is. Sag is a scientist. Yeah, scientist minimum. There Screen is, astrophysicist skills. There, there <laughs> is no uh, consulting uh, con um, union at the moment, and okay. I kind of... We've actually talked about it a lot because one of the things that they don't do, which I think they should do more often, is uh, is name them in the credits. And one of the reasons they don't is because of uh, union rules. So, oh. <laughs> so it, it, I think that needs to be more form formalized. Um, it's a little bit formal in that I now work for an organization. I work with a group called uh, the Science Entertainment Exchange. Uh, which helps uh, connect scientists. It's sort of like a database it's like of scientists. like a middleman scientist yeah. type of deal? Yeah, and oh. it's really a, like a pro bono thing in that particular case. So. And, and how many people is in that, in that exchange? I don't really know, actually. A couple hundred, I imagine. Um, like recently I did, uh, they just called me up for Dominion to do some talk about a reactor. They will, they, they will, of course, go for, like, Caltech and MIT first yeah, the before they go to a guy in fucking Cal State Northridge. <laughs> I guess they first go for Caltech and UCLA because that's what's close. Ah, yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you guys are actually the Hollywood's top choice because you guys are down the street yeah, and you yeah. guys are geniuses. Yeah, in fact, uh, um, the guy who runs the scientific uh, Science Entertainment Exchange is at UCLA. So their office is <laughs> right there. And, I, uh, they, you know, they've um, done some... Done interviews with the Bruin magazine and stuff about it. That would be it's funny if it's like a guy went to Hollywood and like Caltech don't like him anymore. Ah, you know, Bruce, he's through Hollywood now. He's sold out, bro. He's selling <laughs> Tide products. I think I'm in danger of that, actually. Are really. you? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're calling your sellout? Your celebrity is exceeding yeah. your yeah. publication. Oh, look at rate. Hollywood yes, Kev exactly. over here. There you go. Hanging out with Hemsworth. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Yeah, going to be, premieres and astrophysics conferences <laughs> like nah you can't live both worlds man yeah you think you're better than us uh, yeah I, that's some... I have to wonder I hate to use the word nerd but like there is a nerdiness associated with among people in this high of a level of academia and there's a nerdiness associated with comic book movies and do you guys <laughs> what's the ter is it what's the uh, it's thumb your nose what's the word for like look down upon Whatever. Turn I, your nose. Turn your nose at, at like comic book nerds. Like, do do you see other like we're the better nerds? Yeah. Or do you do you get excited about comic book movies? Or are you really purely into science? Or do you see well, other? That's colleagues? a that's a tough one because I think one problem is uh, there's a lot of back and forth with whether people even want comic book movies to have science in it. Like they had they had science advising for Thor, but they didn't for Thor two, and so they kind of like there's sometimes people get some directors are actually like upset if they're expected to make it because uh, you know scientific right and you so they thumb Marvel. their nose at, at they thumb their nose at the, the scientists in those case so there's there's always back and forth i think Boo! science comes from, i mean science inspires comic book nerddom i feel like science nerddom is is the highest level of nerddom yeah you wouldn't think i was actually surprised when you said you consulted on thor because you wouldn't think a marvel movie would go into that length but they have the, a huge budget the, they might as well but. yeah that, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah kevin's probably not that expensive <laughs> let's be honest. he's sitting here with us right now um, they weren't paying union rates, I don't think. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the consulting <laughs> stuff. I mean, if, if you think about it, like certain shows um, are very because it's for kind of like the Reddit people, the people that's taking it too seriously. I'm like one in, of those, right? Like in Silicon Valley, right? Like they, <laughs> yeah. they, a lot of people love our show because the whole dick math joke at the end of first season, it's all accurate. We hired a kid in Stanford to actually do the math. Mm -hmm. And everything, so everything checks out. Dick and, math, yeah, and fans love that stuff. That you real hardcore Stanford? fans, seriously, and that went super it. viral. That just that <laughs> right. clip of that thing yeah. was huge. Like yeah. I had a physics teacher show it to us. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> it's legit. That's why people that are actual scientists and the casual viewers love it because uh -huh. you're able to achieve the funny and the realism, right? Now, um, and then in the second season, there's an episode where 
they got locked out of the codes, and it turns out it's because there's a tequila bottle on the delete button. And we got a lot of shit for it because, like, these computers, they're like, oh, that can never happen. Oh, I'm going to stop <laughs> watching the show. <laughs> you know? And then it, it, so if you if you set out to be the show, to set that kind of standard, like everything's mm-hmm. going to be accurate in the background, it, it's easy for people to pick it apart. And and I guess um, I, I want to do DVD commentary, uh, like, a couple months ago. And uh, they said they said they did ask our consultant, and it did check out. It was possible. Uh-huh. To, for that to happen, so we do have a consultant on set, and well, I think that's that, great. That was a big thing with Interstellar. Is yeah. like once it came out, there were a lot of people who came out saying that it was wrong. Well, the yeah. case things about Interstellar is actually it's the first movie where all the physics supposed to be correct on the background. Right. Uh, in Interstellar, basically, if you think something is impossible, you didn't think about it long enough. <laughs> like oh. that. And do you agree with that? After the movie I came agree out? with. Well, I think. It helped me knowing a little bit of the background, knowing a little bit of how the movie was done, uh-huh. so I can actually look at it and say, okay, this actually didn't make the cut, and now it makes sense. Oh, okay. And, and so that's how we actually met, is that even though we're at the same school, is that we met arguing with people online about this. Yeah, because you, you're a pro interstellar, Kev. Yeah, you I was, because I took well, Kip's class. I knew exactly what he was referring to. That, was, that was, wasn't just like, oh, that's accurate. Like, I could see his voice in the things that were happening. There were very specific things that he spent his life talking about and that were very important to him. Like, for example, a lot of people are saying, oh, an astronaut can't fall through a a black hole event horizon because well, you'd be pulled apart. That's well, not true because astronauts can fall into very massive black hole. Yeah. And those people just didn't read enough books. They think about stellar mass black hole when they actually basically need to fall into, I don't know, cold ball. Right. So but if you want in stellar mass black hole, uh, su- supermassive black hole or medium massive black hole. Like the kind hole. in the center of our galaxy and yeah. stuff. And, uh, which is and like you might expect of a, a black hole named Gargantua, mm-hmm. right? Like which is intermediate mass black hole with 10 to the 4, 10 to the f- 6 solar masses. I I've seen it. It's not remember. actually that big. Well, it's, <laughs> it's not that big. It's very massive. Yeah. So when you That's fall right. into it, you just don't feel yeah, like so the reason, you can't escape. So the reason, the reason, no, you no. can't escape, but you don't get squished at the horizon. So yeah. the reason this oh. was such a big deal that I knew immediately that it was possible is because Kip had a homework problem in his class where that was the entire point of the problem. He was saying, how yeah. big does a black, you know, it's phrased differently. How big does a black hole have to be before you can fall through the horizon and survive? And this is something he found very interesting because he was, he was very curious to know, like, is, what are the limits of somebody being able to observe a horizon or something like that? Are and that was one of the, the first things that comes up. Are these pretty theoretical? Like, could he... Just have an, is it is it an opinion or is it a fact? Well, considering we've never left our solar system, most astrophysics is somewhat right. theoretical. So, is it well, okay to have two different opinions? Some people think that's bullshit. Some people think that's real. Or uh, is it there's one there's right and one wrong? Pretty strong. G R is accepted as a theory of gravity because it's uh, so far it's the best one we can we have. It's the one which is confirmed with most of the observations. So we have nothing against G R and this is a pretty standard thing in GR. You can actually. Did you tell him what you? I don't remember if you said. What sorry, it general for. relativity. GR is general, general relativity. Yeah, so Einstein's theory of general relativity. Yeah. Is two time is yeah time right. and space is warped by gravity or yeah gravity so and speed warped two, time and space. Yeah, so there's two that Einstein had. He had special relativity, which is the first one. That one got him famous, and then he got really famous with general relativity, which is now about a hundred years old. Which one is E equals mc squared? That's a subset, a very simplification of. All of those. How come that <laughs> equation became so famous? Because it says everything. It, it says also the main idea. It gets the, uh-huh. yeah. It gets the main idea across. It looks cool yeah. in a t-shirt. And it looks cool, <laughs> but it also it's the special case that really matters, which is that you know you could demonstrate that it was true with, uh, you know, like the atom bomb demonstrated it very clearly because that that was one of the predictions, and that comes yeah. out across very clearly when you detonate a bomb. The amount of mass missing is yeah. equal, you, you multiply that by the speed of light squared and you get how much energy was created. Right. That's basically mass and the energy are connected. Before you had mass as something you put on a scale and uh, some like heavy things. You can't really define them. And energy is something you kick the ball and you see it flies and has an energy. And now you know that those two are interconnected. Is uh is the event horizon? I mean, it, I thought it was always the point at which the escape velocity is greater than the speed of light. Is yep. that the definition? Yeah. So that can happen in a way such that it the gra- the gravity. 
it's is actually not so strong they would rip you apart in like a small black hole you would have it's actually a very simple calculation you can do even at home you can mm -hmm. look at the formula for escape the for, for escape velocity for the radius of the black hole or, or basically you can just like look at the Einstein gravity see mm -hmm. what's the radius where escape velocity is speed of light mm -hmm. and then calculate what's the density inside the sphere Mm -hmm. Like you have a mass, right? You can calculate the density inside the sphere. And then you see how they relate it. And at some point you will be able to, for example, see that uh, density inside the sphere is equal to density of air. Or if you go make... Oh, okay. Oh, so you, you can, make you it can, set, it, you can set the mass inside yeah. that black hole arbitrarily low. Uh, uh, if your radius is great, the density inside is getting smaller and smaller and smaller okay. and smaller, and okay. that's why you can have a black hole. You can step in and not even notice. Wow. Oh, yeah. So the the things that pull you apart, the things that turn you into spaghetti, those are called tidal forces. That's where and the gravity not, at your feet is higher than the gravity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the reason that goes down as you get bigger and bigger is because the difference between your feet and your head becomes a smaller and smaller difference the bigger the black hole is. So, uh, like, in a, to take an... Ex <laughs> big black hole. Okay. Yeah, so to yeah. take so an... spaghettification is what tears you yeah. apart, not this, the strength right. of the gravity doesn't hurt you. Right. So, yeah. like, an, let's take body. an extreme case. The Earth, if you shrink the Earth into a black hole, it'd be about the size of a quarter. You, it should be extremely obvious that if you were sucked into anything the size of a quarter, that would be a very painful process, no matter what. Right. Because there's no way that you're going to be you're going to come small. out of that and go like, oh, I barely noticed that I was suddenly squeezing. Now, what a if you threw Kevin but, Hart into this black hole, <laughs> <laughs> and in the same black hole you threw Shaq in it? Uh, so Ke Shaq, Kevin would Hart be would, more would be able to be in a he'd fit through a slightly smaller supermassive See, black hole. But it would still have to be pretty big. It'd still have to be you know. 10 to the 5, 10 to the 6 uh, solar masses. What, that means like what? a million times as massive as the sun. So the kind of oh, thing you see, solar, okay. the, the kind of black holes you see at the center of, of galaxies. Are, are, are a these, million times the size of our sun? Uh, yeah, that's sort of their starting point. Okay. Well, I, you, you would know, Elena, you would know, Lena, sorry, you would know more about that. The, how many do we see? Are we, we see like double supermassive black holes and... Uh, we know for sure that almost every single galaxy we see has a su um, supermassive black hole in the middle of it. Uh, some colliding galaxies uh, probably have two rotating black holes around wow. it. The problem currently is they are very far. We don't really resolve them. How it, far is the closest black hole? Uh, it's a Sagittarius A star at the center of our galaxy. And how many? Well, that's the closest supermassive. There's, there's probably, presumably, lots of tiny ones yeah, wandering but we around. Don't really but we how can't many see light years them. is that? 26,000. Oh, we can't. So have uh, we seen these? No. Are you sure? I think no, it's much closer. No, not sure. No. <laughs> Are you see, uh, is 26,000 the, the radius of our galaxy? Or is that how far uh, we are from the center of our galaxy? Well, it, well it's both. No, no, no. I mean, it's how far away the black hole is. Oh, okay. What's the radius of our galaxy? Like double fit. that? Well, it's tricky because there's uh, no. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just want a ballpark. Uh, well, it's I tricky because the the black matter the black matter component of the galaxy is much bigger yes, than yeah. the visible part. It's about three the visible parks. <laughs> <laughs> the visible part's about a hundred thousand light years across. Um, can the, you Uber the, there? Probably <laughs> you can start Uber. It depends. Hopefully if soon. <laughs> it depends. I would love to. That'd not uh, not Uber X. Only black cars can go there. Uh, you need a special license. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sagittarius A star, I believe, is, uh, is that, okay. It's so roughly that. <laughs> twenty. I think it's twenty six. Twenty six. Um, okay. Anyway, that's what's kind of fun about this is and that we see this already. Like, it's yeah, we yeah. do see uh, Sagittarius A star. So sure. We see the stars rotating around it, and we know that the mass pulling them, ma mass in the center. But it's not it's necessarily it's visible. Great. Uh, we track, right? Yeah. We track it, it by the uh, by the Star Treks. Yeah, like yeah we looked it up. We like looked it up. Twenty five point yeah. nine thousand light years. Thank you. So you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I was wrong within standard, you know, significant digits. So you worked uh, on Thor. You worked on. Uh, I actually uh, wanted to make a point because I didn't get a call to get on set. Uh, someone told Key that I have a good handwriting. And he was looking for a person with a good handwriting, and he sent me a list of things he preferred person know. Uh -huh. And I was supposed to know general relativity, string theory, uh, supersymmetry, quantum gravity, and loop quantum gravity. <laughs> and the thing is, surprisingly, I knew it. 
Awesome. I, wow. I, I knew a little experience on some of them, and I was really scared that I didn't check and loop quantum gravity. I was like so scared. I was Kip like, doesn't even know Oh my god! I, I don't it. know loop quantum <laughs> gravity. Can I still pass? So that it's was like the like two the, hardest things. That was, put the quali- them that was the qualification needed for the job. Knowing those five things and have good handwriting. So and, be, and be a girl. And what? And be woman. Oh, and be because a woman. woman, a woman I'm a. I'm proficient in Microsoft Excel. So. <laughs> yeah. That uh, might be the most. There's probably like two people in the world, maybe maybe one that has that skill set, right? Good women handwriting with five, five uh, know hows of things that I couldn't remember. I <laughs> worked in London. I've wrote a couple of papers on string theory, so I was like pretty sure I can have this stuff done. Wow. Yeah, it's not like the commercial auditions we go on, Matt. You know, yeah, it's like, like, that wasn't commercial. French accent. Yeah, McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> all ethnicities, no fat people. You know, they yeah. actually say that in the auditions, the McDonald's auditions. Seriously? They try to sell you chicken nuggets, but it literally says no fat people. <laughs> because it's Hollywood. You can be as fucked up as you can. Like, they can just say, I'm looking for a midget with three fingers. And there'll <laughs> still be more people than people knowing string theory and good handwriting. If you, uh, if you get a good chance, uh, if you get a chance, you should read the, uh, the breakdown for the girls they used in Straight Outta Compton. Really? They what is this it? this three-tiered system. There was like... For the party scene, it was super oh. racist. It was like top tier girls need to look great, like blah blah blah, multi ethnic, and like second tier girls, something something, and like third tier girls. And it was like it just Ghetto, got super, yeah. Yeah, like super offensive by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. They can be as offensive and as racist as you can. There's no such thing as age discrimination because that's what it is. You need to hire a person yeah. that's a certain age, a certain look. Which is so extra funny because then Hollywood seems to get like. So outraged about it, yeah. Even though, like, behind the scenes, that's happening all the time, anyway. Yeah, that's funny. And the casting for ethnicity, you know, uh, Emma Stone just got a huge flag. Oh yeah, yeah. Playing a quarter Asian person, Hawaii. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. The yeah. problem I have is you taking a job from possibly an Asian actress. I mean, I'm sure they audition maybe, hopefully, some Asian actresses, and maybe Emma Stone is just right for the job. And now voiceover is the weirdest thing. Even for an Asian person, it doesn't have an accent. In, in, say, a Disney movie, they want to hire an Asian actor that doesn't have an accent. You know, just because, mm-hmm. I think, just because well, black and, like, Yeah, Disney actor. doesn't want to get uh, yeah. labeled that way, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. There's no more Ricky, Mickey Rooney playing a Japanese person in, in Breakfast at Tiffany. Yeah, but Alison Brie in Bojack Horseman. What is, what is she She's play? supposed to be Asian. Oh, really? Ing, I believe. Oh, she's so cute. We'll give her a It's, it's a forgivable. Yeah. We talked about this before. That, um, do you... Do people object to your character? I mean, do you get scrutinized by every little thing you do? Or I don't get scrutinized. I think people, most people initially do find it funny. And then the critics feel like sometimes they have to say something. Oh, that's a character's offensive, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a stereotype. But the thing is, at the end of the day, these people exist. And it's not the character that's racist or offensive. I don't think so at all. I think it's the fact that you think people out there think that the Asian accent is not attractive. Those people <laughs> are the one that's fucking racist. Yeah. <laughs> right? <Boom>. Because, <laughs> I like that. get this, Peter Steller had, had, a, had a French accent in uh, Pink Panther, right? Uh-huh. He's English. He got nominated for an Oscar for that. Nobody said shit because a French accent is considered okay or attractive. Sofia Vergara, she has a Spanish or a Colombian accent, right? But that's sexy, so it's cool. But Asian accent, they're like, oh, that's nerd, you know, <laughs> not down. You're fucking being racist for thinking that way. Uh-huh. These people exist, man. Like, you walk down Caltech, there's like 10 Jing Yangs right now. You yeah. These people exist. And my job as an actor is just portrayed as funny and as um, uh, accurately as possible. And, yeah. I mean, 15 years ago when I was an immigrant, I was that kid, kind of like that lost kid. So this is, all, this is all like real stuff. And it's so ignorant for him to say, oh, that's racist just because he has an accent. So Asian people can't do fucking accents anymore? <laughs> That's fascinating. That's awesome. It's also, I, I can't speak much to the subject, but I, I was in the engineering department, and there were a lot of kids who were international. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean. I, I went on a, um, one of my friends, she works on, uh, she works at Facebook on the campus, and I went on the campus just to kind of hang out. And I actually got a lot of ideas for my character from that, because, like, sometimes you think, like, certain things is ridiculous on the show. Like, oh, come on, people, is not that bad. Like, you know, like, that awkward. And I wanted the campus, like, literally, it's that bad. Like, it's, it's that bad. Like, so... Bad, you, Jimmy? Bad? bad. You, can, bad. you can't say that word. This is not bad. That's your opinion. Oh, Fuck give us some people. examples. Um, I saw this Asian kid. She, uh, uh, he was very lost, and uh, 
he was just literally walking in a circle. I'll, I'll do. I can do better act out, but this is obviously a podcast. But like he was like in front of the library and then walked out and then walked a circle, tried to go into his restaurant, decided against it, walked down, walked back in a circle. So he circled around in like about a five foot radius for like about twenty minutes. It was the most intriguing thing for me to watch because I'm like, wow, th- this sounds person totally reasonable. Actually, yeah, exists I don't know. because it's just like trying to figure out what he's thinking in his head. What was his thought process? It's it's very interesting. So something weird about uh, so I've been in Caltech for a long time. I mean, off and on. Um, something that's really strange is that um, like nerdy kids at Caltech and places like that. Like nerd is kind of cool now. So there's been like a weird change. It used to be like I could you could drive around Pasadena and you'd see a, a group of kids and you'd just be like oh those are those are Caltech undergrads. Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore. Like they they blend and everyone it's like society got nerdier and nerds got cooler. So it's Which like is great. No, I say you fight back. We just say like, all the no, engineers gonna... <laughs> need to start wearing Hollister and fake tanning. <laughs> <laughs> bro engineers. Like get out of right? here yeah. you fake nerd. <laughs> Well, frankly speaking, I have no idea what nerds are because it's just people I see every day. Frankly speaking, I just I have the opposite. Like I go outside, like oh, that's normal people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how do you feel about the portrayal of you're you're from Moscow, right? You were born there. Yes. Okay. How do you feel about the portrayal of Moscovites in Hollywood? Is it? I think it's a bit barbaric. Barbaric? Uh-huh. You mean the way in we do it is barbaric, or they're yes, barbaric? Yes, mean in the sense that uh, Moscow people are as normal people as those who live here. Yeah. And they <laughs> don't need to be portrayed with this very stupid face. I don't know where they find these actors with such a face. But let's say, like, this person is Russian. And it's, like, most unpleasant face I've ever seen. <laughs> are you kidding like me? Guys, right? They're That's... not supposed to look this weird if they're Russian. Uh, actually, like, Russian actors had a better time in the 90s because all the Steven Seagal, all the Bruce Willis. Cold War. Because of the Cold War, because of the current events. So, like, they were all hiring Russian. Every bad guy was Russian. Still, <laughs> in Tom Cruise movies, every bad guy is Russian. Metal Gear Solid, video games, every bad guy is Russian. Now, every bad guy Your guy's, team. Uh, well, Chinese. Yes. <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> well, not yet, maybe. Well, Red Dawn. Red, the new Red Dawn, they were Chinese. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, now a lot of, you know, the bad guys, the main bad guys in these action movies are, you know, Middle Eastern terrorists. Yeah. Stereotypes. Oh, yeah. So now Persian actors actually have a... Is cashing in, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Iron Man. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I used to... I talked about this on stage at Neverwhere. Was that Kingsley, though? In Iron Man? <laughs> no, in the first Iron Man, they go to... Uh, in the first Iron Man. Uh-huh. Like, they're in, in the Middle East, and, like, he gets... Uh, abducted and they oh, built yeah, the Iron right, Man suit right, right. in the cave. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. all very current. Uh, I had a joke and I could never sell it about how the reason I look like an '80s villain or the reason '80s villains look like me <laughs> is because of like, and it was just it was a stupid sarcastic joke, but like, oh, we have it so hard about like guys like me are considered the villains because of Hitler Youth propaganda, and you oh. saw it in the '70s, '80s, and '90s that you saw that visage of the the light haired. Uh, angular featured male, athletic looking male, as the bag because of that. So we had our heyday. That day's over. Actually, it's a good point. Yeah. Because it is. If you look at old James Bond movies, like that's you. Always. That's you. I mean, <laughs> no, but now, now we have uh, now James Bond is blonde hair, blue eyed. That's a big. That's a big that's deal a big for us. Era. That's our Barack thought, when Obama moment. Ba- when you said bad guy, I thought you meant like the guy who's like the other boyfriend. You know, who's wearing like the, the dark. Yeah. tie around sweater and a convertible. Yeah, oh, I'm the guy she's you dating can, at the beginning like, of the movie. Yeah, yeah. you kind of remind me. Yeah, of that. for you, you ever guys get cast that, for that. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I like, everything I go out's like douchey, <laughs> fratty, preppy. <laughs> you guys that don't know Matt or how he looks like, Google a picture of Matthew yeah, Bouchard. Yeah. He, he, looks, <laughs> he, looks he looks like a very dick. douchey, fratty. He looks like a dick, and he looks like he loves white people. That's. That's Matthew Broussard. I'm like, Jewish I feel unsafe sitting next to him. Yeah, you know. I feel like that's I could get to be like a secret Jew. It's nice. That's my way. Are you Jewish? I'm Jewish. Yeah, oh, you, know. you got to let that be known, man. This is Hollywood, it, it bro. Would, was, it would be ironic except Hollywood. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
I can never go out for Jewish roles. I have to go out for people who can actually play sports that I'm unable to play. That's <laughs> my own. terribly uncoordinated. Yeah. Are you uncoordinated? Horribly. I can you exercise. Look, you look very athletic. I can exercise. I can I can work out for a long time, but I can't throw a football. <laughs> no, no, I can't throw a baseball. I can't surf. <laughs> I can exercise. I can I exercise. Say that. That's not a sport. <laughs> not only does Matt look fit, uh, you should YouTube him because I always see him post these videos where he sometimes will just be cast as a role of like guy with abs. You know, I think that's the point. Do you have abs? Do you have abs? I have decent yeah. abs. Yeah. Depends, <laughs> on, depends on what I ate this week. <laughs> They're just very uncoordinated abs. So, <laughs> so uh, when did you come to the U.S.? I came to U.S. to Caltech. Really? Yeah. Straight off the boat to here? I know. Or been plane to the US. Or Is it a couple years ago? How, how long ago? Uh, four years ago. Did you get any culture or grad school? Grad school. Uh, what did you study undergrad? Uh, Moscow State University. Uh, what what subject? Physics. Physics, very cool. <laughs> physics. Yeah, it's all about physics. Yeah, this is not like acting where you can like study finance in in college and then just be an actor. Yeah, this you actually need right. the training and the know how. Well, to there's go to like, the next level. You can move around though because like in my, all yeah. the professors, I did applied math, and like very few of the, depress- the uh, professors in my department were applied math undergrads. A lot of them were elex or stat or or. Pure math. But yeah, definitely not like poli sci. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, do you want to do the news stories? Yeah, let's get in on that. All I right. Think, yeah. uh, I think you're going to take this one, right? The, uh, the Apple oh, made well, a big announcement today. Yeah, today. Well, the podcast not going to come out for a while, but today was oh, today. Yeah. It, it's going to date us, really. But today's the day that uh, Apple unveiled its... Uh, Actually, it's not going to date us because when this airs, there will also be a new product revealed by Apple. Yeah, wasn't uh, that a great product? Yeah. That, <laughs> we won't say what it is yeah. in case you haven't heard it, but that was a good product. So they unveil the 6S, which is the exact same thing as the 6, with a little force touch, the 3D touching. I feel like my, my finger's not even sophisticated built enough to do Honest? That. I feel like it'll confuse things. I'm going to wait till they have 11-dimensional touching. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just holding out for that iPhone 6S to the 11th power. Or what, did, what did you think of the test rack? Because a lot of people are like said that's crazy. and I, I Well, I don't want to say what my opinion it's was. It's confusing. But it, uh, but it doesn't if, make sense. But oh, if, you, like were, a wrinkle in if time? you were a five-dimensional being... Doesn't that seem like that would be how you design it? I mean, if I was five-dimensional being and I wanted to show four-dimensional being what it means to move through time, it would look something like this. Otherwise, the four-dimensional being being even more confused. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I think. It's, it's a lot like an iPad, but you know, it's a f- five-dimensional, four-dimensional. Well, I'll tell you a sad story about <laughs> Tesseract because when I went on set, I asked the guy, "What is this?" And I was not supposed to read the script, and I didn't know much about it. But the guy said, oh, that's a Tesseract. <laughs> this uh. is this thing. And he explained me how basically it works. And, you know, in the beginning of the movie, C3 books falling off the shelves. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's her daddy, and he is sitting in this thing. And I hated him when I went to go and see the movie, because from the very beginning, I knew <laughs> what's oh, going on. Oh, oh, that's brutal. Because they had this Tesseract, like, hanging in the corner. Mm. What is a Tesseract? Uh, you uh, remember when McConaughey is in the behind the bookshelf, uh-huh, and, he's and he can move along the bookshelf, and he see his dot in different time. Uh, well, well, in general, Tesseract is a four-dimensional cube. Well, oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but in the movie, it's this spaceship thing. Yeah, they that, built it that he can kind of slide around. In, uh, in his, so he's practically in the fourth dimension. Yeah. In some sense. Well, technically. Well, oh yeah. Fifth fourth dimension, spatial yeah. dimension. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, if the iPad. Yeah. is the fourth dimension. The stylus would be the fifth dimension. Right, and we, we had a stylus come out. Is, is this a real story? Is this? I didn't check. I didn't fact check. Oh, so it is. It is. is it's $99. Sti- really, there is a $100 pen. Yeah, that, $100 uh, that is, pen. That's like the evolution of Apple right there. And, try, and, and the stylus. funny thing was... Ugh, that in, never worked. You always lose it. In 2007, <laughs> when Steve Jobs introduced the uh, first iPhone, it was a huge event, right? And he was talking shit about a stylus. He's like, how are we going to touch this? Using a stylus? Psst, no. I remember that. Using what we have. We have 10 of them. It's called our fingers. <laughs> so now. I remember that. I know. So now when Steve Jobs dead, they came out with a stylus. Uh, and also, it's the same thing that Steve Jobs or maybe somebody else in Apple said that if a screen is bigger than a certain size, it will never work right. And now the screens are huge. I feel like, you know, it's, I mean, the reason why we brought up this story is that it seems like innovation 
it's kind of slowing down. I don't know if it's just at Apple or, or in other things. It's like that fifth dimensional one. You, you want to answer this question? Google the price of a replacement stylus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's your answer. It's $70 for a piece of plastic. Yeah. And, 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 will and, they now have... they're just making different sizes of shit. That's literally yeah. what it is. Yeah, but they're they're hyping this up for it. You think they'll ever top it? You think they'll ever, will there ever be as anything as revolutionary as the iPhone? Well, the watch, or the iPad, the watch was the thing that came up, but that's and just that a smaller version a of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hopefully, it'll catch. Google on. Glass didn't catch on. Yeah, I love I the virtual reality stuff. Implantables Oculus, is the next cardboard big thing. Implantable you think? Stuff, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. USB stick like, on your head. Yeah. But that's going to exactly. be a while. USB stick on your head. That's going to be a while. That's what from you now. think. That's what you think. They're distracting really? you with the pen. They've got the whole lab working on that. Somebody does. I just want the space ghost thing on my wrist. <laughs> I just like move things. <laughs> no, I think we'll have to have like major breakthroughs in physics or yeah, biology uh-huh. before we can go into something that big. Like I well, just can't see them topping what they've done. There I was think also the Oculus ex- could be like the next big thing. That could change people's it's lives. Such Possibly a- for the worse. I mean, what's the word for that when it's, uh, it's too much discretionary good? It's like there's no necessity to it. It's just well, for fun. It's just it's a vacation. Awesome. No, you could for guys say that's crippled on a bed or something, right? Like you can go to museums that you, you can world travel. You can do this, do that. It is very cool. Have you guys tried to Google cardboard? It's the five dollar piece of cardboard you fold up, and you put your any your phone in it. It becomes virtual reality. Mm-hmm. It is very yeah, really very awesome. cool. Yeah, a lot of it's being driven by the really high resolution screens. So even though the idea of how to do it was back in the nineties, you know, everyone's like. This is going to be so awesome. I mean, like, there just wasn't any resolution to do that. But now we have these, you know, ultra high definition camera or, or screens that are that can right. fit right in front of your eyes. So uh. now it's starting to become convincing finally because it's not. It doesn't feel like looking just at a at a TV screen up close anymore. Listen, I played Wario for Virtual Game Boy back in 1997, <laughs> and it was pretty lame. And I've made up my mind on the subject. So there's big news uh, coming out of. Uh, the Large Hadron Collider, an experiment called LHCb. Uh, they uh, a lot of people are sending me this on Facebook and asking me if it's real or whatever. And a big problem with stuff in particle physics is a lot of times, yeah, it's real. It's just that it's uh, it's all about statistical certainty. So, for example, when the Higgs was discovered at the Large Hadron Collider. Um, it took a while. It was kind of known that it was there before it was really known it was there because you have to keep running the experiment over and over and just make sure that it's not an accident. So the same thing is happening here. We're in a kind of a weird zone where there's a possible um, violation of a symmetry that we thought was preserved in the standard model. Um, it's called uh, um, lepton universality. and it's So a lepton is... Uh, it's like electrons, basically. That's the only lepton that you learn about in high school. But there's other ones. There's um, there's uh, a muon, which comes down from space. We get rained on those all the time. You get a lot of them when you go in an airplane. And then there's even a heavier one that you can only really make in a in a machine like the LHC called the Tau. And this uh, new result is making making it a strong hint that uh, the, the Tau doesn't quite behave the same way as the muon and the electron do. So this is where the universality um, normally would have been, that the, basically the, the, the particles that interact with the leptons can't tell the difference between them. Um, and But in this particular case, it might be true that there is a, a difference between them. So that's that's bad? That, that oh, it's not bad. It, it'd be amazing because the pr- big problem with the standard model is that um, it's always right. And the <laughs> never finding any evidence of it not being right, and we know it can't be the final model of physics because it doesn't explain dark matter, and it doesn't explain um, uh, the asymmetry of matter and antimatter. I and think you should uh, say that all those electron, muon, and tau yeah. they are basically like a heavy versions of electron. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's how easy it. Hierarchy. Yeah. I mean, that's just heavy. Yeah, the, yeah. so there was no other difference between them. In the universality model, um, lepton universality, they they really are just heavier. And but that's this is, seems to be breaking. There seems oh, there to be is a, like electron and it's neutrino. There is a muon and it's neutrino. There is oh, a town right. and it's yeah. neutrino. They mm-hmm. Basically, those two types of particles just always go together and all reactions are the same except those guys are just heavier. Right. So, the, yeah, the mixing with the neutrinos is also different. These are um, – and there's there's also heavier analogs for protons and neutrons as well? Well, those aren't fundamental particles. Uh, uh, in some sense oh. because you have quarks, right? 
Quark's up, down. Up, down, charm, strange, yeah. top, bottom. Yes. Okay. Th- those are the ones that are like the electrons. And those relate to what you were talking about. Electrons, muon, uh, muons, and, and tau particles. And that's the same as what you just said. Up, down, charm, strange, and top, bottom. Yep. Okay. So yeah, those are all so the same there ones. are three types of quarks which are similar. Okay. They're just heavier. Cool. And, okay. Uh, what? That's why you have like three generations of standard model, model particles. Neat. Each generation is heavier than another one, but behaves similarly. Yeah, and something really weird is uh, there, there, there's a seems to be a pairing between the fact that there's three fam, uh, generations of leptons mm-hmm. and three generations of quarks, but there's not actually really that great an explanation for why that is true. That there's three. There, there doesn't have to be three. There could be an even heavier lepton. It's just we don't see any evidence for it, but we don't really. There, there's not actually. Uh, it's not built into the model that there ha- that those two have to match each other. It looks really nice when you when you plot it out on paper, but it doesn't. No one has been able to find like a deep meaning of why those. So right happen. now it's like a kind of magical number that are three generations. People was looking for false generations. They didn't find it. Yeah. But then uh, it seems there is not really. Maybe it's like Pokemon. You don't really go past. The third generation. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, except for that new like mega evolution <laughs> bullshit. But no. Yeah, but they still uh, need to explain, right? <laughs> Even with Pokemon. When you say behaves differently, is there any like s- somewhat simple answer you can say for? Yeah, behaves its lifetime is wrong. So oh, it's actually does, not as it exciting. Dies quickly. Yeah, it's a uh, very. I don't, quickly, I don't right? know if it's too long or too short. I don't remember, but it's it's off from what you'd expect if the only difference was its mass. So there's a lot of caveats to this. So, uh, Maybe it doesn't eat well. I mean, it's heavier, right? <laughs> it's life expectancy. Are you lower. fat shaming the leptons? <laughs> that I it's already corrected now? for that. It's probably already corrected. <laughs> you are corrected for the cholesterol. Yeah. Well, and that's still like probably shorter or longer than you're supposed to. So uh, the reason that I got – I wasn't that excited about this until um, I saw a member of my committee, Mark Wise, who maybe will get on the show sometime actually. He's a really, really funny guy. You've met him, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's such a great teaching style. Anyway, he got quoted on in Scientific American talking about this, and and uh, it was pretty neat. Is like he mentioned some theories that I worked on for my thesis, so I got – I was like, hey. That's awesome. That's, awesome. Yeah. You guys should print out T-shirts and say, what the fuck are you doing, Tau Particle? <laughs> Get your shit together, Tau Particle. Oh, he did start point, behaving right. He did point out one thing. He said it is possible that the standard model calculation is being done wrong. That's considered like the least likely, but you know because there's all these Boo. corrections to the. Yeah, I don't like that answer. Yeah, there's the when you do these calculations, you do these like loop corrections and stuff like that, um, and. I guess some uh, people said that now theorists will go and probably. I guess the more. simplest way to say it, when you do calculations with those heavy particles, you you get lighter particles born in between. So you need to account for all the possible interactions between lighter generations as well. Yeah, it, like carry the seven. Something. Got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, at higher energies, there's all sorts of different things that can happen because all the different lighter things can mix in and out. They can kind of pop in it's and like pop out. It's a big out. orgy of leptons. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So there is the possibility someone made a calculation error in the top. And that does happen. Remember a previous guest, uh, well, you weren't here for this one, Matt, but previous guest, he got his Nobel Prize because one of the things he did is he checked the calculation and did it more accurately. We had uh, David Pulitzer here on, earlier, and that was what he basically did. Was he, really? Yeah, he did That this, was his whole thing? That was his Was thing, he a dick yeah. about it? <laughs> no, not at hey all. Hey, guys, but... your math sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the one calculation when the other g- guys get the sign wrong. Yeah, he and had all the, the physics wrong. Yep. And then they're like, okay, we have to believe the sign is wrong. Does that yeah. happen a lot? Like going back to check something and then I'm like, wait a minute. This no. is bullshit. Crazy, huh? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it happens in that like calculations in theoretical physics are really hard. So it's easy to make mistakes, but it's not usual that like a whole bunch of people make a mistake. But like, I, it's, really hard. There's like a lot of decimals. I mean, it's like, no, like a lot of. De- it's, <laughs> it's some so of these hard. calculations are yeah, enormous. I mean, they you know they require computers to help with all the math because it's just pages and pages of of these calculations over and over. Is it like intense calculus? Is it like intense like? So multi, yeah, yeah sure. Like PDEs is all I can picture. I mean, it's so hard. Lots of integrals. It, and if you go back and find somebody, Matrix, sure. it's so hard that if Matrix, you go back and find yeah, somebody made a mistake, you win a fucking Nobel Prize. That's how. Hard you don't always, unfortunately. Mm. I think that should be the do. general rule. If yeah. you found somebody fucked up, you get a Nobel Prize. <laughs> that's that's fair, right? <laughs> 
you should start. Just start. Yeah. Go look. Just pick up a book stuff. in here. I'm just gonna find mistakes and shit. <laughs> what if he did? Oh my god! Just comedian wins Nobel Prize. <laughs> hey, hey, Bono has one. He wrote. He wrote a two, but it was actually supposed to be a Z. Uh, yeah. it screwed up the whole thing. That's why you put your lines through Z's. Yeah. Do you know what one of the biggest groups of people that that sort of swarms around scientists is people constantly saying that scientists have made mistakes about stuff. And I think that's what they're thinking right there. They're thinking like, <laughs> I just, just like, it's a matter of uh, throwing dice, you know, like if I keep saying this is wrong, I'll win something at some point. Cause we, at, at conferences we go to and everything, I don't know if this happens in astrophysics, but I'm guessing it probably does. There'll just be like whole sections of people like, Coming in to just say how this is wrong so and funny. that's wrong and Einstein was wrong and Stephen Hawking's wrong. You know, it's just nonstop. They're trolls. Yeah. They're, like the, yeah. they're the science equivalent of the people who call me gay on Twitter. That's the name. <laughs> <laughs> they have a designated Sorry, session I was drunk, for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have a designated session for crackpots in American Physical Society Conference. Yeah. Shh, that's like, we're not supposed to say that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Podcast, so. The crackpot panel. <laughs> That's awesome. Here's you wanna, your tinfoil hat. <laughs> you want to start one of those? <laughs> Me and Matt just going to go crash science. I think it's E equals MC cubed, personally. I feel yeah. like it should be the third Oh, path. there's one like, yeah, that's like a thing. Start calling right people there. hacks. Like <laughs> Einstein. He's a fucking hack, dude. You know? I think Einstein's like the most popular guy to say he's wrong about something. His I don't know what so the, like the, the appeal well, was. No, because but. then you saying Einstein's wrong. Because Einstein's the most genius guy, it's like you become the genius. You're like, I'm that smarter than Einstein. That leads us to our, our the final story. There was a 12 – like for some reason, some story went viral about a 12-year-old girl who's supposedly smarter than Einstein because she took some IQ tests. Which Einstein never cares about. Einstein fucking saw something that no one could have seen. It was so uh, abstract. Well, when we had uh, Pulitzer here, we talked about this a long time. Like for there's just some reason there's this popular view of – scientists like ranking ourselves or something like you know like it's time trials at the olympics or something oh he hated me when i asked him that question (laughs) it's like the worst because we don't sit here comparing like iq scores that's the same with us comedians right yeah Yeah. there's no rivalry of any kind (laughs) yeah i don't don't care there should be a score like a qb rating for comedians and scientists ranking yeah yeah Uh to see how many how how many many times you draft yeah (laughs) How many laugh faces or something? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. It's not like an exact calculation. There's some <laughs> secret math behind it. Uh-huh. Only the announcers know he got a QBR in 94-7, you know, and, and that's what it takes to be a, like a starting quarterback. There are some rivalries, though, like uh, one of like hours on stage became a big thing. You guys hear about oh, that? Oh, see, that, yeah, that's like, bullshit, though. Yeah. I mean, like that's all like sex appeal science now. Of like the the you were talking about like celebrity science where you ha- no, no, hours no, on stage. No, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about comedy. comedy. Yeah, like um, you know, that's like I have like a whole campaign against that. There's a guy at my gym who's a like a brilliant guitar. He, he plays in this band called Animals as Leaders, and he's the lead guitarist. And he's one of those guys who is crazy, crazy skilled. Like the band is fairly popular, but they're more known for like the uh, unbelievably technical unbelievable technical ability of the main lead. He's one of those guys who's like at the forefront of guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays these crazy five-string things. You can look up YouTube videos of his, his name's uh, Tosin. I forget his last name, like Abbas or something like that. And um, people like worship him. He gets he gets sponsorship deals from guitars and stuff. And people, he, he said, uh, he was telling me this and I thought it was just the most amazing comment. And he goes, it's so annoying because people like send me emails and, and put messages like, well, how much time have you spent playing guitar? And it's like, dude, even if you spend that much time, you're not going to be as good as me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's so much truth to that. Like, we always like, oh, Michael Michael Jordan didn't make the NBA. I mean, yeah, he didn't yeah. make a varsity team in college, high school. It was like, yes, yeah, freshman year. Like, oh, Einstein filled uh, seventh grade math. Not true. He was he taught himself calculus in sixth grade. Like, people who are, like, really smart start out – like, people start out good, and we don't acknowledge that as a society. Yeah, if I practice as much as LeBron James. You're not going to be LeBron James. I'm not yeah. be a fucking MVP of the NBA. So, yeah, I disagree with the whole hours oh, on my, stage uh-huh. thing. <laughs> Obviously, more positive, experience make man. you better, but we start at different levels, and no one acknowledges that. So what's up with this 12-year-old girl? Is she she Asian or some shit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's she? so funny how my first one was, hey, that's ri- – oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, there's different types of IQ tests, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't taken one since I was a kid, so I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the whole point is that it's not a thing that people Like the legit people about. doesn't care. It's for yeah. the dummies to compare each other. Yeah, and it comes up in movies a lot. You know, like Tony Stark will come in and be like, what are you, 179? You know, and like <laughs> – 
oh crap i'm 173 i guess you're right about everything and i'm not or something it doesn't make any sense and it's all how much you develop your mind. Like, your mind's like your body. If, like, you have to start developing it at a young age and keep expanding it and expanding it. Yeah, so. And, like, they say Einstein wasn't – he. I think he admits he wasn't the smartest guy at the time. Apparently his math wasn't as strong as his wife's or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, what would you say his math wasn't as strong as his wife's? Apparently his wife helped him with the math. He had <clears> – <throat> I mean, don't – I might be wrong here, but what, what Einstein did with, with relativity was the amount of abstract thinking he was able to accomplish to create all of that was what made him so genius, not like hammering out all these formulas. Am I wrong in that? Right, like he's uh, a creative think, instead yeah, of I think you're right. just Yeah, he work. was very creative. He, there was right. something there, and he took these big logical leaps and these completely non-intuitive ideas and said, well, what if we apply those and just – maybe two things can happen at the same time and not happen at the same time right. at the same time. And once you accept that, then the math okay, starts but to fall again, oh, I guess really the, oh, yes, Sorry, I guess the idea was that uh, Einstein was a student of Minkowski, who uh-huh. had all this math done for relativity, but it just come from the blue. Mm-hmm. And then Einstein was sitting and thinking, what if there is a, some speed of interaction mm-hmm. and you can't send a signal between two points faster than that? What's going to happen if you're sitting, for example, on, on a ship? Mm-hmm. You still can't send faster than this. And from that, just from this statement, there is a speed of light which is faster than everything else. Yes. He was able to derive everything. Also, everything, all the math falls. I mean, yeah. it's it's not it's high school math. It's yes. it's really not beyond but algebra two. I read his two. Uh, main paper. This yeah. one on, uh, I forgot the name, but the one he derived all the equations. Principia. I don't okay, know. but I, get, I can't Sorry. stress this enough. I like the main reason Einstein is famous is because his theory turned out to be right. Yeah. It doesn't that his theory is not right because everyone's like he's so smart, let's agree with him. His theory is right because we do careful experiments and they over and over it shows that it's right. That's and that can be wrong at any time. It, that's why we're always look that's the main point of experimental Has he said physics. Anything that was wrong? He said lots of things yes, that turned out to be wrong. Because so he disagreed wrong. with uh he disagreed with a lot, like some of the basis of quantum, right? He uh, hated quantum. He hate, said the uh, universe is not expanding its static. Yeah, he didn't predict yeah. the Big Bang. Yeah. Although, strangely enough, his theory allowed for it very easily. It's still used for it. But and God doesn't throw dice. He, he also didn't. The idea of he also didn't come field. up with uh, uh, black holes. He didn't invent that. Somebody else did. Mm. <laughs> yeah, a so year later. I just say a bunch of crazy shit. A couple of them turns out to be right, like relativity. I'll be like <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> And back it up with math. I mean, like... No, yeah. I don't have to back it up. I just say it. And then oh, let then other people work on it. To well, you see have your Silicon right. Valley fan base now. They'll do the math for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get the dick math kid to do the math What's for What's up, me. nerds? Yeah. I, I think light goes backwards sometimes. There's a lot of yeah, people who do exactly. that, Go. Too. Go. Now. There's a lot of people who do that. Uh, Who's like, oh, I thought of that one. I thought of that. You know, they make that they have some uh, vague statement dibs. they mean. That's the yeah. same people the, the, in the crackpot panels, right? Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, there's well, there's stuff. both. Same with stand up. Yeah. Just be like, hey, I had that premise roughly. Yeah, but I thought of it independently, <laughs> and I have good punchlines on it. Like, <laughs> no. Hey, that happened between us. That's right. Oh, right. That we was wrote so the same weird. Joke. Oh my god, we wrote the same joke. Uh, it was so weird. What was the joke? Uh, oh, uh, about being a pessimist. Oh yeah, because uh, I have the glass is ninety nine point nine 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 eight percent full, and it was my impression of a pessimistic particle physicist about uh-huh. how yeah, Adam. And so I thought he was really? quoting my joke, and That's I was such all a excited. Specific bit. I know. I was like so excited. It surprised me that. And much. then he's like, "No, I came up with that. What are you talking about?" I'm like, but dude, I have a talk where I said that. Kevin, yeah. he, ha- he hacked your joke, dude. I know. I, <laughs> he came up to he's like, "That's no. actually the reason he's here. So yeah, he's we're like, going to confront him about it." Yeah, man. I don't do it on stage. Don't worry. I think I have one, like, Newtonian physics joke, and I might have one quantum <laughs> physics joke. You don't bust out the non-classical physics humor? Yeah, no. it's just a... Uh... Owen Benjamin from our show, mm-hmm. uh, he did a joke on general relativity uh, at the the um, Art Directors Guild Awards. Uh-huh. God, I want to hear that. And it totally bombed. And we he was like, "What what's going on? So apparently, like... Uh, 
Art directors are not general relativity. General relativity, because it was about time dilation on a black hole, and he thought that (laughs) he was doing it because he thought it was related to interstellar, but just nobody got it or something. Anyway, I had one that hit. I had one that hit. I did the roast battle in Montreal, Uh and I did a joke. The guy who was going (laughs) yeah, right. The guy I was going against was uh, was uh, this big guy. He was a comedian, and my joke was uh, he was really he was really funny. His name was uh, K. Trevor Wilson. I said K. Trevor Wilson. Uh, I'm not going to be too mean to you. I know you've had a really rough year being downgraded from being a planet and all. Uh, <laughs> K. Trevor Wilson, you're a no-name in America, but I hear that here in Canada you have a huge draw. Not actual fans, but a measurable gravitational field. <laughs> Fun fact about K. Trevor Wilson, he's so massive that as you approach his, turf- his surface, time uh, contracts, which explains why his career is going nowhere. Oh! <laughs> and they all landed. It's the saddest jokes awesome. I've ever landed in my life, and I'm never going to try them again. That's good. I feel like we should almost sign off on that. That was so Yeah, that I think we should. Me reciting my old joke. Okay. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for uh, being here. Thank oh. you very much for inviting. Thank you. Very thank uh, you. Do you Congratulations. Any, and yeah, do you want people to follow you, or do you have a Twitter address that you want to get into this Hollywood I thing? I guess I'm going st- to get one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Starting from tonight. All right. It's going to be my last name. Uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Monday Punday. And if you're bored at work, check out MondayPunday.com. I draw a new pun every Monday. Uh, so it's like a visual pun. So like a caveman sculpting a vase. The answer is Harry Potter. So if you like that kind of stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love that site. MondayPunday.com. Yeah. And uh, you can always find me at Funny Asian Dude on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, or just go to jimmycomedy.com. All my YouTube links and all that stuff is on there. Okay, and I'm Kevin Hickerson. Um, you can find me at kevin.hickerson on Facebook or KP Hickerson on Twitter. And I'm still I'm KP Hickerson on Instagram, but I'm not really getting into that one. All right, this has been Surely You're Joking. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank right. you. Bye. Thank you so much.